Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Last night, our morning show, the guys from Morning Mayhem joined the folks in Northwest Arkansas and attended the game. I don't know if they were the good luck charm. Certainly, uh, the basketball team deserves a lot of credit. I can't give our guys a whole lot, but it was nice for them to be in attendance last night. It was Roger Scott's first basketball game at Bud Walton Arena. I cannot believe it. He's never been to a game at Bomb Walker either. Ridiculous. Anyway, Quinn Groby apparently was part of the crew that was assigned with uh, keeping an eye on these guys. Some people would say host. I say chaperone. Anyway, Quinn joining us now. It's time to groove with Groby with the all-time great and one of only two men to run for more than 1,700 yards and pass for more than 4,000 in their UA career. Quinn takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5. He'll score. Touchdown. Quinn Groby showing the great athletic ability. Did it. His way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst, Quinn Grovey. Groovin' with Grovey is brought to you by Petty Jean Meats, bringing you the best smoked meats for over four generations. Ask for Petty Jean Meats and taste the difference. Hello, Mr. Grovey. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And uh, I think chaperone is is really the, the, the right term. I was trying to make sure those guys were taken care of. Now, you know, I love all three of them. I mean, Baz is, is one of those selfless guys. You know, Justin is a great guy. Rogers is a great guy. So it's always good to see them and had to put them in a situation where they would be able to have the most maximum fun at a basketball game. And they were able to do that. And they were a good luck charm. So it was good to get a win last night. And I heard I heard the I heard the interview with with Musk about the whole heat check thing. <laughs> Sounds like he was just happy about the win. The heat yep. check thing, he gonna, he's going to deal with that a little bit later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you got to celebrate these. I mean, it's been a long time coming for Arkansas. So yeah, absolutely. You, I understand you guys were in a box last night. Is that accurate? Yeah, I had them set up where they could go into a box and, and I think hang that's smart. And, well, I was worried. Here's my only fear going in because, you know, Roger likes to get naked in public. He does his naked gardener thing every year. <laughs> and I was like, if dude, no. if dude streaks at Bud Walton, it's, we're never going to hear the end of it. And we're all going to be banned from the building. So we can't have that. So I think keeping them as far away from the court as possible was a smart move on your part. Well, the good, uh, well, the thing about it, though, Justin, I mean, they had access to a box but mm-hmm. they were like on the first row too oh no uh, so okay. they had seats down there too so roger oh uh, so you can you can take that away from roger roger did the right thing i'm proud of him i mean baz was there and justin they, they had roger doing the right thing and I, I was surprised too when i heard that that was his first game at bud walton I, I just cannot believe that and then i know they did the morning show from the baseball facility so uh hopefully we can get him back up here for a baseball game because that's a great environment and, oh man uh, but those three, man, I, I love it. I, I love listening to them. I'll, I'll pull up the app and, and listen to those three in the morning and, and see what they're talking about. Yeah, sometimes I do too, occasionally. I listened this morning for sure. It was really good. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about uh, the championship game. And, you know, look, it's the third straight SEC team, the third straight different SEC team that's won a title. And now, you know, Arkansas is, you know, again, you don't have to measure yourself against the top two teams in the country to have a great run here. But eventually, obviously, that is the goal. So, I guess let's start with just takeaways from the game with all the athletes and obviously Alabama trying to overcome some of the injuries. It was a it was a very entertaining game. It turned out to be in Georgia certainly too much of the fourth. Yeah, it was a defensive struggle early, and I felt like uh, Alabama had an opportunity if they had scored a touchdown any time in that first half. 
I thought it was going to put Georgia in a bad situation. And we talked about Stetson Bennett. I thought Stetson Bennett was going to either uh, help his team win or just really just mess it up. And early on, he was trying to mess it up. Alabama couldn't <laughs> take advantage of it. But, um, I mean, he, he showed up and, and did a nice job the rest of the game. I think he was 17 to 26, a couple of touchdowns. But um, I, I thought if Alabama had scored a touchdown on any of those drives, they, it was going to be a bad situation. And we talked about, um, you know, last week whether or not if, if, if Georgia, excuse me, Alabama got two scores, would they have a JT Daniels plan? Never got to that. Georgia kept it close. Stetson Bennett was able to come around and uh, actually make a, make a couple of plays. And, yeah, I, I'm just I, – uh, I, I knew I, – I picked Georgia to win the football game. I just didn't think that uh, Alabama was going to be able to have the explosiveness on the outside with Mechie being out. And then, boy, when James, Jameson Williams went out, you knew oh. he was going to have to deal with a bunch, of, a bunch of young cats. Now, normally when Alabama has to deal with a bunch of young cats, that's just their, their introduction to the college football world. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, 84 struggled. I, I don't remember his name, the, yeah. little, the little young freshman. Uh, and, and, uh, well, I tell you what, he was, uh, he was on his own. Bryce Young was on his own out there really trying to figure out what he was going to do to make some plays. And, and, yeah. and it was still close. I mean, you, I mean, you got a last drive where you still have an opportunity to go down and try to score a touchdown and tie with a two point conversion. So the pick six made it look a whole lot worse than what it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kirby Smart and he got his first national championship. Stetson Bennett is now a hero. He'll never have to work a day in his life in Georgia. I mean, somebody's going to give him a job. He's not going to the NFL. But mm-hmm. he, somebody's going to give him a great job in uh, in Athens or Atlanta, and uh, he'll be a legend for the rest of his life. Well, what I saw after the game, he didn't have to buy any drinks for himself either, so he was obviously feeling pretty <laughs> Woo, good on ABC. See, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, did you see his Good Morning America appearance? Yes. I, mean, the guy I, I was, did. I don't know did. if he did, but I did, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was entertaining. we got to play that clip still. We haven't gotten it on. It'll definitely be part of the rewind. Uh, real quick, uh, can we get a break away for one second here? Wes has breaking news, and he says it's big. All right, let's see if it lives up to the hype here. Eric Musselman had successful surgery this morning to repair a full tear in his shoulder. Coach Musselman is expected to miss at least two games, starting with the Razorback game at LSU Saturday. Assistant head coach Keith Smart will serve as interim head coach in his absence. Okay, missing games over it. It must have been awful pain then. He must have really been struggling for him to miss games. I mean, that's shocking, frankly. Well, to have surgery, I knew he was trying to postpone it as long as he could until after the season. Something must have happened last night for him to go in, have surgery this morning. In fact, he closed out his press conference. Christian, do we have the – Soundbite with Coach Musselman talking about his shoulder from last night? Yeah, I think no. so. Oh, we do? I think so. Or maybe that was from earlier in the week. That was oh, earlier yeah. in the week, yeah. So Bob Holt asked him if it would be easier to sleep or, you know, if this makes his shoulder feel better. And Coach Musselman's last quote was, I'll sleep much better after this tonight. Well, maybe he didn't, and that's why he went in this morning and mm-hmm. had the surgery done. I think Danielle probably said, take your butt to the dock. <laughs> probably what happened, so. Anyway, well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that for him, but uh, and I hate it for the team as if the challenge on Saturday wasn't tough enough. Now you're going to have your your head coach down there, but uh, I'm sure Coach Smart will do a great job. So, um, all right, well, back to the uh, the football, and I guess now the question becomes, you know, what does Arkansas have to do over the next few years to to get to that level? You know, we've been very excited, I think, about what's happened in recruiting Quinn, and certainly they're attracting yeah. some attention. That Alabama linebacker that's Looking for new home is it a linebacker, defensive lineman, uh, four-star recruit is looking for new home. Apparently visited campus this week, so I mean there are some good things happening, but um, you know you wonder how much the gap still remains. 
No, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that Sam is doing. I think they're doing the right things. And, and, and to be able to keep Kendall and, and um, uh, Barry, I think that that's a big thing. Keeping the coaching staff intact in gives you a lot of continuity. But I was taking a look at the, uh, the, the, the final AP rankings. And, um, and we talked, me and Z talked about this on our podcast, but Arkansas finished 21st in the AP rankings. When I look at that, and I don't know if you guys have it in front of you, but we looked there, at it yesterday. Are there any are there any teams that you would think that Arkansas should have finished in front of? I mean, you got Oklahoma at ten, yeah. Ole Miss at eleven, Utah at twelve, uh, Pitt at thirteen, Clemson at fourteen, Wake Forest at fifteen, Louisiana at sixteen, seventeen, Houston eighteen, Kentucky and nineteen, BYU twenty. NC State. Are there any teams that you think that Arkansas should have finished in front of? And we, I will tell yeah. you, we said 12. 12 teams? No, we said they should finish 12th. 12. 12. Yeah. I had about five teams I would have said they should jump. I would just put them at 15 ahead of Wake Forest. Yeah. Yeah. And Clemson, boy, I tell you what, they had one of the worst years in Clemson history, but they found a way to win 10 games. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, it's crazy. Clemson was impressive at the end. Yeah, the Clemson hype early, you know, again, it was understandable because they weren't normal Clemson. But remember, didn't they play Georgia within – and there was a a defense – it was a defensive touchdown. Yeah, Yeah. there was a difference in the game. So, yeah, Clemson, I knew from a talent standpoint – and look, my my alma mater had a chance to beat them in the bowl game, but I had a feeling that Clemson across the board with their talent (laughs) wouldn't find a way to win, and they did, mostly because Brock Purdy does boneheaded stuff and I'm ready for him to move on. But nevertheless – uh, yeah, they, they did have, end up having a good year, and it was like, oh, Clemson stinks. So it's like only by Clemson standards, right? Ten and three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. And, I, you know, I was just – I mean, it's such a great season. I was looking at the teams that were in front of Arkansas, and I thought that, man, there are some teams that, boy, you should be in front of. And But but I get it. But one of the stats that we were talking about as well, I mean, this is the, this is the 29th season that Arkansas has finished in the top 25. And when you look at the, the SEC – Alabama has 59 seasons, Tennessee 44, LSU 42, Georgia 40, and Auburn 40, Florida 34. So when you look at the SEC, Arkansas is at 29 seasons. I mean, you're you're looking at some royalty when you talk about those teams and to know that uh, you this is the 29th time you finished uh, in the top 25 yeah. with some of those teams. It gives you some hope, I, I guess is what I'm saying. And sure. I, I think with Sam, you'll continue to be able to move forward. Uh, we debated at length yesterday, and pretty passionately, I would say, about the departures from the defensive backfield for Arkansas. Specifically, I think Joe Fouché, although we were both more disappointed to lose Brooks. Fouché leaving as a captain, and the way he acted, you know, how excited he was and happy he was to win the boot, you know, back from Louisiana, a school that, you know, obviously Louisiana State didn't recruit him, or at least not significantly yeah. enough that he went there. <laughs> I mean, there is the factor of, yes, this is the world we live in today. Also, the NIL money is a possibility, maybe going back home. But... Should I think any differently because it's a captaincy? I mean, that there's not enough of a connection to finish your career at the school. And, and again, these are guys that are getting playing time. It's one thing if you're like Malik Hornsby and you're not playing and you see the writing on the wall, like you're not going to be K.J. Yeah. Jefferson now for the starting quarterback position next year. I don't know. I just yeah. felt a little bit – I felt some kind of way about it. I'm not mad at the kid, and I'm wishing bad on him. But um, And I thought Clint Stern – I think Joe Klein mentioned this yesterday. Uh, Clint Stern had a good tweet, and I'll read that in a second. But I was just curious about your take on that, Quinn. Well, I mean, this is really my take, and this is not coming from anybody at the university or anything like that. First of all, I don't think NIL has anything to do with anybody leaving. I mean, I think that they would have as much opportunities. I hadn't heard any of those guys who left 
signing an NIL deal. So I think that that's a take that nobody, I mean, I, I just don't, I don't understand that take because I hadn't seen anything. I understand the opportunity, but you got just as much opportunity here. The other thing I think is when you look at the University of Arkansas, the University of Arkansas probably had more super seniors than anybody. Now, that, when you say super seniors, it's great to have them come back, but that's not free. I mean, you got 85 scholarships, and when you sign a full freshman class, at some point in time, you've got to decide what your roster management is going to look like. And so you may have to have some tough conversations with some people. And so all the people that left beforehand, I mean, that's one thing. Now, Fouché is a guy that can help you out, so I get that. I mean, and maybe he's going, you know, I, I've had a great four years here, and, uh, you know, three years, four years, whatever it is, and I want to play at LSU. They didn't want me then. They want me now. And so – it's one of those things right there. So when you look at everybody that's left, I mean, outside of Hornsby, I think you nailed it. I mean, Hornsby knows he's not going to be able to beat out K.J. Jefferson. He's got to go find an opportunity for himself. So I get that one. And But I, I think when you look at everybody that's left already, it's it's really not about NIL. I mean, I, I've heard so many people say that. And I'm just like, I don't even know where this NIL money is coming from, all these people who didn't even play and, and, and didn't do anything. So – um, yeah, I, I think it's a roster management uh, thing that you've got to continue to manage through, and I think Sam has done a good job with that. And, you know, you lose a guy like Fouché, yeah, it hurts. It's a captain. And so that's one you really need to be concerned about. Brooks is a guy that can help you. Uh, he had a great bowl game. He's got a, he's a guy with a lot of ability. But uh, other than that, man, I just I don't I don't know why you would be up in arms about a lot of things that are happening with the – with the transfer portal and uh, with people leaving. So I, I feel like we're still in a great position. Uh, you got a full class coming in, and uh, you've just got to be able to handle the roster management aspect of it. Arkansas is going to be a team that's probably always going to have more super seniors than anybody. And that puts you in a situation where you've got to make some decisions on 85 scholarships. And you've got to be able to understand that. You've got to be able to handle it. You've got to be able to make some tough decisions. And so I think we're fine. Uh, you know, losing Fouché hurts. There's no doubt about it. But when you look at the the other guys that are leaving, I think you've got to make some decisions uh, with the incoming class that you're bringing in, grad transfers, et cetera, and decide who's going to be the best that's going to fit what you try to do as you move forward. Quinn Groby. Joining us courtesy of Petty Jean Meets. I'm, I'm looking at game props for this weekend, and we are excited about the majority of these games this weekend. I mean, a couple look like mismatches, but who knows? It's the NFL, right? Um, one of the props is highest scoring game, and the Cowboys and the Niners is the most likely, according to my information here, plus 325, which surprised me a little bit. Really? Cardinals, yeah. Rams next, Raiders, Bengals, Eagles, Bucks, Steelers, Chiefs, mostly because of the Chiefs, and the long shot for the highest-scoring game, Patriots-Bills yeah, no. at 750, which we all anticipate will be low-scoring, cold, miserable, and not much fun. Um, what are, any, any thoughts on any of these games? You got a strong feeling about maybe a dog winning a game? We were looking at you know, quarterback futures. We'll certainly talk about underdogs tomorrow, but you got a, a team you like to maybe get an upset this week? Well, um, Ben Roethlisberger will end his career in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's over with. I mean, he's, he's done. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the, the upset I see, Wes, and you're not going to like it. It's not an upset. It's only a three-point game. It's basically a pick them. Uh, well, okay. Well, I, I mean, I see it as an upset. So uh, I'm just telling you, I, I think San Francisco has a great chance of beating Dallas. And just the way they run the football, I think they're going to be a very, very tough out. 
Garoppolo, I mean, you just never know what he's going to be able to do. Kittle has not done what he's needed to do over the last few weeks. He actually hurt me in the fantasy playoffs, <laughs> all that. So I'm, I'm not mad at him. I'm just stating facts. And, I, you know, I think that um, that's the game that I'm – I think that's a bad matchup for Dallas. I mean, Dallas is – Dak has done a nice job over the last couple of weeks, but – Man, I just don't know about the running game. I don't know about Zeke. I don't know if he can keep it going. San Francisco's defense is starting to come along. And if I had to pick an upset, and I know, Wes, you're not calling an upset, I would say San Francisco uh, over Dallas. Yeah, I'm hearing that all over the place. So that's why I don't think it's an upset. A lot of people think that's going to happen. But I would say the 49ers' uh, weakness on defense is their secondary. So hello, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, the tight ends. Dak had five touchdown passes last week against uh, your backups. I got I got that. The JV team. Don't forget he, numero uno, my man. Yeah. Cedric Wilson. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Uh, and and Dak set the uh, Cowboys season record with 30, uh, what was it, 36 touchdown passes. So I, I think, it, look, Dak or Jimmy G? I'm going with Dak. And this is a game. I would you agree got your with that. 40 million. You need to win the game. You need to, and that, look, I know the quarterback's, you know, not solely responsible for winning a game, but he uh, needs to lift this team to a playoff victory. You're at home. But well, think about this, Wes, though. Think about this, though. If let's let's talk about this for a second. If he loses that game. Mm. The, now, you know, you've paid Dak in the upper echelon of all the quarterbacks. I mean, you've given him his money. Mm-hmm. And so now the defense is better probably the best it's been since Dak has been there. If he doesn't find a way to win this football game, does Jerry look at him and say, man, we made a mistake? Or do you look at him as a Cowboy fan and say, man, we made a we made a, a mistake in paying him that money? Because he should be able to move forward and, and uh, get to a Super Bowl with this defense. It really depends on how the game plays out, Quinn. I mean, if they give him time and he still makes some bad mistakes and, and bad throws, then, yeah, it'll be a mistake. But, look, when he gets time – like last week, he he's really good. When he can stand in the pocket and throw the ball, like most quarterbacks, right? Uh, the problem with Dak has been when the Cowboys' offensive line, with uh, the injuries, they've been decimated, and there's been all kinds of pressure on Dak, and that's that is a concern. That, that's why you got to run it to slow down Bosa and that Forty Nineers uh, defense from just rushing the quarterback the whole time. You got to be able to run the ball a little bit. Yeah, now, and look, I get that game script. I, I understand that aspect of it, but it seems like. The guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, those guys, Mahomes in certain situations, they figure out when, even when the rush is coming, they figure out how to will their team and make their offense be effective. I think that Dak is getting paid that money. Dak wanted to get paid that money. I hope he does well, but boy, I think there's going to be a lot of questions if the Dallas Cowboys exit in the first round. Quinn, let me ask you about a couple other games. Wes and I disagree on the Rams and Cardinals, and I admit, admit freely that I'm a little butthurt over the way the Rams melted against the Niners last weekend and kept my Saints out of the playoffs. So, frankly, we shouldn't even be talking about Jimmy G and the Niners beating the Cowboys this week because the Saints should be in that spot. They did their part. but Oh, man, Saints wasn't going to do anything, though, buddy. That's true. You are right about that. I just want to see you in the postseason period, so I have one more week to enjoy it. All right, but let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit here, right? So earlier in the season when they were playing really, really well on that big game, uh, seven-game winning streak out of the gate, they won in L.A. 37-20, to and Kyler had 268 in their loss, and it was a close game at home to the Rams back on December 13th. Kyler threw for 383. I kind of like Arizona to go on the road. Now, admittedly, they've lost 4-5, to but I, I'm not oh, so boy. blown away, even though Cooper Cup is clowning. 
I still like Arizona yep. to make it interesting. What do you what do you think about that game? It's basically a toss up too by Wes's <laughs> rationale because it's like a four point line. <laughs> In LA. Well see, I don't I, I don't know that Arizona has any receiving weapons. I mean, D Hop's not playing, right? He's he's done. Christian he's Kirk. Remember him? Uh, All too man, well. I understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I understand on the I understand what he did to us. I yes, get that. Okay. I still remember it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But I, I just don't know if they have any receiving I mean, AJ Green and Christian Kirk are probably your top two receivers. Rondell Moore, you're trying to figure out a way to get him involved, but I think Kyler has lost a lot of confidence. And that's hard to say from a guy that's been very, very effective, and this team has won a lot of games. I mean, they beat the but, Cowboys two weeks ago, and he threw for three eighty-three the week before in a loss. I, I, I know. How can he be gone I in know it. I, I man, the guy does not look the same. And 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 what I say is, I'm judging from body language, and yeah. and and that's what I always look at when I look at a quarterback. How are you handling? I like okay, you miss a throw, or a receiver runs the wrong route, or you think the receiver ran, ran the wrong route. How do you handle that? I mean, he is he is he is showing it. I mean, through his actions. I mean, the way he's getting upset. I've never seen him really act like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's not moving around. He's not running as much as he normally does. And if he does that in the playoffs, now that's where the problem is going to occur. If he starts running the football the way that he has in previous years, that's going to cause teams all kinds of problems. And maybe he's ready to do that knowing that we're getting ready to have this stretch run. But I think that if he stands back, and I know he's been hurt, I understand, and that's probably why he's been in the pocket just a little bit more and not, not running as much. The way Arizona Cardinals are going to have a chance to win is Kyle Murray is going to have to get in that 50, 60, 70-yard range mm-hmm. uh, running the football because that is a difference maker, and that just – I don't care if Aaron Donald, whoever it is. I mean, if you have, if you're trying to catch that little old cat, I mean, you know, he's he's running like old or Barney Rubble and Fred Flintstone. You know, when they move their feet real fast, stuff like that. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's tough to deal with. All right, how about in the AFC, the Bills and Patriots, and it's in Buffalo, but obviously both those teams are used to playing in that environment. And I'm just honestly, I'm so impressed by Mac Jones this year. But yeah. we all know with Josh Allen, this is supposed to be kind of a his his next step forward, right after last year losing in the championship game. But the Bills obviously yeah. struggled late. Finished okay. What do you think there? Well, I mean, it's Josh. I mean, you're right. This is Josh Allen's big opportunity. But boy, you just do not want to be staring Bill Belichick in the face. Even though you have him at home, Bill Belichick is over there like pinky in the brain. He's there in that that think tank, you know, uh, you know, cooking up some stuff. I mean, Buffalo should win the football game, but I don't think they will. I think I think New England will be able to go on the road. I think they're going to run it like crazy. They ran it down their throat. I mean, every time they played them. And uh, they're going to have to find a way to come up with some big plays. Josh Allen is a guy, again, that he doesn't seem to me in the passing game get anything in rhythm. And he has a big, strong arm. He can make every throw. He runs like crazy. But he never gets anything in rhythm. And I just I just don't see Bill Belichick allowing you. If you're not a rhythm thrower and you don't, you don't understand where you're going with the football, that pulling it down and dancing around and all that kind of stuff is just not going to work. So I think it's a bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills. I think the New England Patriots win. I like the Bengals and the uh, Chiefs to cover the spread and to, to win big outright. You, you got a problem with either one of those? And who, the Bengals have got Raiders. Got the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just not big on the Raiders. I'm not. They're just. They've done a nice job, and I don't know if they're up the, they'll give that guy the uh, the uh, special teams guy the the head coaching job or not. I'm sure they'll they'll interview, but I mean they're in the playoffs. I think they're what ten and ten and seven. Yep. The Raiders yep. ten and seven. But the Bengals, boy, they're explosive. I mean, they're like, you know, a Mike Tyson. I mean, you running them on a, any given Sunday and for three hours, 
they could beat you up. I mean, offensively for sure. Defense struggles. I, I love the explosion on offense. They got three great wide receivers, a tight end who's almost coming along, and then boy, you got big Joe Mixon back there. They got all the pieces on offense to cause you a lot of problems. So uh, disrupting Joe Burrow is going to be the biggest feat for the Raiders. I don't know if they can get it done. I know they got Max Crosby on the outside, uh, but I expect the 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 the, uh, the Bengals to to roll. Uh, Kansas City, I expect them to roll to Ben's gonna probably gonna throw about five or six picks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just being, I'm exaggerating, but I he am. may, he may, th- he may throw a bunch, but, uh, I mean, I, I think Pittsburgh played, uh, Kansas City in Kansas City this year and just got obliterated. And that, and look, there's no better place. And I, I'm sure you guys have been to a Kansas, Kansas City football game, but there's a, that's a great place to watch a football game. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that'll be a fun environment, but that, I think that'll be the, the last <laughs> of Ben Roethlisberger. Quinn's like, it's and, a great uh, place to watch your career come to an end. That's what. That's exactly what's getting ready to happen. Yeah, I'm and with you. so, yeah, I think that those will be two boat races, Wes. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. We talked about every game but one, and uh, I would love to see your Eagles pull off the upset and give the Cowboys <laughs> another home game the that next ain't week. Happen. I, I'm sc- happen. I don't. I don't either. I, I've changed my mind on this one too. I think. Uh, I like uh, Tampa Bay to cover as a as a favorite. Uh, the Eagles can run the ball. They they can. They they've got a good run offense. But you know what Tampa Bay's really good at defensively? Stopping the run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Well, the thing about it though is, and it's it's a little bit different. They can stop the run from the running back position, but stopping the quarterback run is a little bit different <clears> because <throat> you don't always account for him. So I uh, know I still think it's going to be a boat race. I, and, and Wes, I'm really not an Eagles fan. I just like to go against them. I like to go with them when they're playing your Cowboys, oh. just for the heck of it. Whether even whether or not I believe they're going to win the football game, I just like to go on the opposite side of it. But I think Tampa Bay will be ready to roll. I'm I, look. I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm Tom has done it without receivers all his life, and he's got Mike Evans. He's got Gronk. So he's got two more receivers than he's ever had. And uh, I just don't know about the, you know, I, I don't, I, you got Gladys Knight. I just don't know about the pips, you know, and the, the pips just may not show up, but he'll find a way to, uh, to make plays happen. He's, he's very good, very smart. So I think the Buccaneers again will win that one in a big way. Mm-hmm. Who is your team? If it's not the Eagles, it's the Rams. I mean, the Rams is, uh, they're my team when they were in, um, you know, St. Louis, uh, LA the first time. Oh, okay. You know, I was a big Vince Ferragamo guy. And uh, Wendell Tyler was the, the running back I always wanted to be when I was growing up. And uh, I went to a Cowboys game. They were playing the Rams, and he threw his wristband up in the stands, and I was able to catch it. And so I wore that, I wore, I wore that in every uh, game that I played in junior high and high school from that point forward. And Wendell Tyler was going to be my guy. And then they switched me to quarterback, and then I had to figure something else out. They're talking about coldest NFL games in history, so I'm assuming, yeah, they're about to talk about Bills and Patriots on ESPN. So <clears throat> if it's under zero and you got a, let's say, front row 50-yard line seat, Quinn, you going? No, sir. Absolutely <laughs> not. No way. No way possible. I, I, I'll see if I can go ahead and scalp those tickets or come up with something, but uh, no, your boy's not going to be there. I'm, I'm not the one either. Uh, last thing before we let you go here, real quick, because I'm about to play some differentiating clips from head coaches. How much does experience matter in the playoffs or is football football? Oh, I think I think experience matters. I think it's a combination of both. I mean, you got to understand how to prepare. You I mean, and that that all starts with the week. I mean, I think playoff football is completely different than regular season football. Okay. I mean, you know, regular season you're going to get that check. 
But playoff football, you've got to go ahead and, and win a game to get that next check and get that playoff bonus, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a different thing. Uh, the pressure is different. The focus is different. So, yeah, I, I think that playoff football matters, and I think that experience matters. But at the end of the day, blocking and tackling is really – so I'd say it's, it's a combination of both. All right. Well, Mike McCarthy agrees with you. I appreciate that, and we will play his clip here in a second. Thank you to Quinn. Thank you to Petty G. Meets. That was a good, long, fun segment, and we will talk to you next week, my man. <laughs> All right, fellas. Take All right. care. See Take you, care. Man.